The Mistress of Mindset Mastery is here. Jerdy Maguire from JerdyMaguire.com is with us in the studio. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Frank. How are you this morning? I, I'm very well. You came through the door and you said what a friend of mine told me the other day. Grimes and McKee, absolutely uh, brilliant in relation to their new production. You've, you've been to it and you've enjoyed it? I... I absolutely recommend it. Do you ever, when was the last time you had those tears streaming? I was actually embarrassed because I was in the front row and I thought, I'm laughing so hard, tears streaming down my face that I might even be distracting them. Of course I'm not, but... um, Absolutely excellent. Really, really highly recommended. Um, laughing is such uh, such good therapy. And, you know, the ability to laugh at ourselves. And these two guys are geniuses at it. Absolutely. They just captured each type of person, so many different types of people that we see every day in 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 Ireland, in Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland. Is it called a New Ireland? Is that it's what called call a New Ireland and it's set upon, uh, the, based on the premise that uh, you know, it's tw- it's twenty thirty ish, and uh, uh, here is um, this new Ireland, and how we're all adjusting to it. You know how people who have formerly living in the south lived in the south, how they are adjusting, and how we who live in the north are adjusting. It is absolutely hilarious, and you know. Th- the reason I was thinking about it when I was driving home, I was thinking, what makes that so funny? And it's number one, it's our ability to laugh at ourselves. And number two, it's what was so refreshing about it in this, um, you know, this where we're stuck at the minute in this no man's land at the minute where we, we have no government, we can't do anything. What was so refreshing about it was the new perspective on it. And when you can when you can make a new perspective and take a new perspective on any problem that you have then the the quality of your life will naturally improve so um shout out to them and i think there's another week of it and if there are any seats left definitely go and see it it's really that good. is a recommendation and a half you're not the first person to to say it either uh, the latest one from grimes and mckee so what's on the mindset mastery mistress's menu this morning <laughs> well i have some questions for you the the topic is um, how to survive. I was thinking about last week when the um, people were stuck at the airport. How to survive when life throws you a curveball. Strategies for surviving and thriving. So I have questions for you. What's the most recent, and don't make this a football reference, what's the most recent curveball you've had? The most recent curveball I've seen in my life, I don't have any. You're a setback. Yeah, just a mind, just a mind. Like I had... My wee you know, dog dying. There you go. There you go. So that's a curveball. Life threw you that curveball. And what made it so challenging for you? Well, he had him for 14 years and he was the only wee dog I've ever had that watched me on TV. I've had four <laughs> dogs and none of the rest of them made the connection between me and what I did on the TV. But even I reappeared on television recently in a commercial and yes. he was back at the front of the screen. Ah, there you are. You're up there again, looking out at me. And uh, what? Um, how did you overcome it? What was the, you know, what was the worst part about... About the wee dog dying. What was the worst part of that? The worst part was he was ill for a few days and then he died while I was sort of petting him. You know, I knew he was going to pass away. And uh, it was it was like digging his grave. And it was really wet. It was incredibly wet the day I did it. And I wrote about this in the Belfast Telegraph where there was like the, a mix of tears and raindrops. There was that saltiness in my, you know, going down onto mm-hmm. my lips. Mm-hmm. Um 
just as I was digging the hole and he was in his wee crate, you know, because you have to dig a hole for a dog very deep. And, uh, you know, when I was putting him down and the, the rain, the rain was beating down and, you know, covering him up. And he was the only wee dog I've ever had that played with a cat. You know, he would play mm-hmm. with a cat. Mm-hmm. And when I was walking away from his grave, the wee cat appeared from out under this drenched bush and started to look at the wee toy. I had a wee toy, he had a wee toy, and I uh, put it on his grave. And you know, the cat was sniffing around. You know, okay, cats are inquisitive, but I was wondering, was you mm-hmm. know, was it missing him? Was it looking for mm-hmm. him? Was it communicating with him? So those little things, that seeing the cat give me a lift. I thought, yeah, you're missing him too, you know, that sort of way. Yeah. And the cat has no interest in me at all. The cat just, you know, the cat liked the dog. The cat hardly knows me. Yeah. So, you know, that, yeah. that, that sort of thing. And so the way I dealt with it was to accept that 14 years was a joy with Wee Jack. There so, you go. There you go. Uh, yeah. So, I think so, so that's that was actually, my way of dealing th- with that's it. That's a gift, a gift of perspective. Mm-hmm. That's what I was talking about with the Grimes and McKee thing. It's the gift of perspective. Exactly the same thing happened to me. My wee dog died after 14 years, and there's a long story about it. But um, I was, I think I was very privileged that he actually died in my arms. It was a wee lucky wee Yorkshire Terrier. And um, it was, I, it was awful. It was awful, awful, awful. But. There's the what I want to talk about is how you can um, change your perspective on it, and when you change your perspective on it, then the quality of your life can actually change. And when so I so, how do you change perspectives on curveballs and on, on difficulty? What do you say to people who are trying to cope with a difficulty or a challenge or a setback? Well, what did you learn from it? What did you learn from, the, you know, the time the dog was in your life and the, then the dog died? And I mean, for me, what I learned was that I saw my wee dog come into the world and I saw him going out of the world. And what the perspective that he gave me, the gift that he gave me is the value of life. And, you know, he lived a well-lived life. He was happy all the time. He was always on the mountain when he wasn't on the mountain. He actually, my dog lost his eye at one stage and he still got on with it. So what meaning did I give to that? The meaning I gave to it was that maybe I should live my life well. You know, you know what is the lesson that I got from this pain? Okay, so, but we can take lessons from the, the, the pain of losing pets. Yeah. But I'm talking about people who are maybe today losing their job or today yeah. are being phoned to say yeah. that their very close relative is terminally ill. Like, yeah. You know, I, I, where, yeah. no matter how I'm close your pet is to yeah. you there are bigger tragedies yeah. in in the world yeah. so you know h- how do people deal with those sorts of curveballs well it's really interesting because i totally get that but actually the principles are the same the principle is the same how can i look at this differently so that it doesn't cause me so much pain you see the fear mind the fear mind tries to control every outcome so they don't. You don't want the person to die if someone is terminally ill. You don't want. You're trying to control the outcome. And what causes our pain is our resistance to what is. That's what actually causes the pain. So if we can stop, when that happens, we have stopped focusing on what is working. Okay. So if someone is terminally ill. Well, where's your focus? Are you focusing on the time that you've had with them and the amazing gift that they have brought into your life? And I know that there's, you know, I 
you can't do it. There are times when you can do it and times when you can't do it. But when you can ultimately turn it round, change your perspective on it and be grateful for the gift that the person brought into your life, then you're more present for them. You're more able to, you know, to help them come to the end of their life if that's the case. Okay, but on that, it's easier, always easier for the person who's the relative than the person who's dying. So if you get the message today from your doctor that, sorry, we can't do anything for you, you know, at some point there's bound to be curveballs that you can't cope with. Well, you see, the thing about it is, again, it comes back to your resistance to what is. If you got word today that you were terminally ill, and, you know, I remember back in the day I had that perspective when I was diagnosed with cancer, and it really, you know, woke me up to, you know, what was important in my life. And and I actually asked my sister this, my sister's a nurse, and I asked her at the time, you know, you deal with people who are dying all the time. How do you do that? And she said to me that, you know, people who are terminally ill, they, they, you get what you need at that time. When it comes time to die, we're not dying. You're not dying now, so you don't need what you, you know, the resources to deal with that. But when the time comes, you will deal with that. And uh, so when we stop focusing on what is working, that's when we get into so much difficulty. Our need to control can impact our well-being and it can even impact our physical health if you're always trying to control things. So the secret to it is, the solution to it is to to really make peace with what is. Do what you can in any circumstances, but make peace with yourself and keep your energy peaceful, not frenzied, you know. Um, and we can also have the limiting belief that if we don't make thing, things happen, that no one else will. And that is a very, a very frenzied energy. But if you can really practice this when when the big things aren't there, when in your small day-to-day living, um, if you can practice peaceful living. Um, I had a situation yesterday, um, you know, I bought some makeup and um, when I opened it, it was faulty. And I brought it back to the chemist and it was a local chemist and it was a chain. It wasn't a local, local chemist, but I brought it back to this chain and I thought I was doing the right thing because when she asked me on Saturday, did I want a receipt? I said no, because I was keeping the, uh, you know, I didn't want to waste paper. So I said, no, I don't need it. Then I opened the thing. It was faulty. I went back to her and uh, she said, well, I can't give it to you. I can't. Uh, first of all, you opened it. So I can't. Uh, replace it and I said but I had to open it to find out there was something wrong and uh, secondly um, when um, Yeah, you you didn't have the receipt so she I didn't have the receipt and and so she wasn't I wasn't it wasn't being sorted So was it sorted? No so I walked away and I sorted it because when I was driving up the road, I just said to her, this is very bad service. And But when I'm driving up the road and I realise, I said out loud to myself, how long do you want to hold on to this, Deirdre? How long do you want to hold on to this? You know, if you hold a glass out with water in it for five minutes, you know, you can hold it. But if you hold the same glass for 10 minutes an hour, two hours, three hours, the weight in the water hasn't changed. But your, the pain in your arm has got worse, not because of what's in the, in the glass, but, what, but because of what you're doing, what you're holding on to. So, but let what it happens go. if the water evaporates? 
what he's already saying. What are you trying to complicate your life? No, you're making a very good point. F- fire away, because I've got to speak to Paul Brady. I've also a U2 competition to do, and I'm interrupting you. So... Here's my PS, Frank. I did, I'll do my steps another day. Step one, get clear, get a clear understanding of what's happening and its potential impact in your life. Step two, be open to adjusting your plans and expectations to accommodate new circumstances. Three, seek support, reach out to friends and family or someone like myself who is a professional if you have a deeper problem. And remember, cultivate a positive outlook. Focus on what you can control and let go of what you can't control. P.S. Faith is the compass that guides us through our storms. Practice implementing a healthy belief and we can not only weather the curveballs but also turn them into stepping stones towards our fully expanded and well-lived life. Today, I will choose courage over comfort. Goodbye, Frank. I'll see you next week. You know, you put that very well, and I'm still annoyed on your behalf about the makeup, because that would really rattle me. I would detest that store, because they didn't give you the receipt. Every store, I think, should give you a receipt. I think everyone... No, yeah, You chose not to take it. I chose not I to take it. I think everyone should take the receipts. Everyone should take their receipts because if you don't take your receipt, they can diddle you. Many's a time I have looked at a receipt and you didn't get the discount that you were entitled to that was advertised on the shelf. So I always take the receipt and that's in a variety of stores. As for going back and there is the option of not taking the receipt and then insisting on a receipt, totally unacceptable. As for opening the makeup, how would you have known it was faulty until you opened it. See how I'm getting angry on your behalf. You see? You see? You're actually... So that's that's the moral of the story. You're doing it to yourself. How important is it? Be nice to you. Be kind to you. Oh, you make me feel better every time. Deirdre Maguire from DeirdreMaguire.com. Get your